Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of Charts at Billboard. Joining me, as always, is Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital, Katie Atkinson. Hi, Katie. Hey, Keith. How are you? Great. You? Good. Uh, did you have a fabulous weekend? Absolutely. I haven't uh, actually asked you about the weekend we yet. We had a rainy barbecue, because that's what you do when it rains and you plan a barbecue. How did you... Barbecue that inquire that requires fire usually outside. True, we had a friend who uh, loaned us his canopy pop up tent that we put over a grill, and then everyone hung out inside while Dan made us made us food outside. So, <laughs> well, how did the smoke from the fire escape? It was just outside the tent, so he could stand under the tent, but the grill was like barely outside. He really did have to like get rid of the condensation. It was a thing. Science, if, if a lot you, of science. If you had actually done the uh, grilling around, like. Like one or two in the afternoon, you would have been fine, probably. But because it, it started the to pour, the party started day. at three. So you know, yeah, what are you going to do? Well, <laughs> um, it happens. Um, well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things barbecuing in the rain. Yep, um, and pop hmm. on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats, and stories. New music and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. So today on the show, we've got chart news about how, for the first time in nearly 20 years, movie soundtracks are both numbers one and two on the Billboard 200 albums chart. Plus, we've got moves and debuts from Zed, Marin, Morris, and Gray, and DJ Khaled, Jay-Z, Future, and Beyonce. Sounds like I'm talking about 18 different people, but really it's just two songs. That's two songs. That's just two songs. Plus, we also have news about the return of American Idol, the premiere of Taylor Swift's new video, and how Beyonce and Jay-Z, funny, I, we just talked about them, are hitting the road together again. Plus, we have an interview with Anne Marie, the singer-songwriter behind the hit song Friends with Marshmallow, talks about working with the masked producer, her upcoming debut album Speak Your Mind, and much more. So stick around for that. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And give us a rating, a review, or tweet about us, tell a friend, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. We, we enjoy the compliments or the uh, distribution of your thoughts, however you'd like to contain those thoughts um and if you want to explore more podcasts from billboard you can always check out the podcast tab on billboard.com or visit itunes.com slash billboard podcasts okay okay let's run the billboard chart numbers and do the chart chat here are three of the biggest headlines on the charts first up black panther the album returns to number one on the billboard 200 chart stepping two to one or Growling two to one, maybe. <laughs> um, while the Greatest Showman soundtrack rises five to two, and with that, we have two theatrical film soundtracks in the top two slots on the chart for the first time in nearly twenty years. Wow! Yeah, um, we've had we've had since then we've had like two soundtracks at numbers one and two, but they'd be like um, a Glee soundtrack at one, and then a, like a film soundtrack at sure. Um, so this is the first time that two like. Soundtracks from movies that are in theaters have been at numbers one and two since um, 1998. Uh, it was the chart dated July 25th, 1998, when Armageddon, the album, and City of Angels were numbers one and two, respectively. I can 
tell you multiple songs from those albums, so it makes sense. Can you actually tell me more than I one? I can song? tell one one for each one, obviously. Well, I mean, because I, I was... One obvious one for each one. Because I went down this rabbit hole when Black Panther first came out, and I was trying to write about how only three songs from the album are actually in the movie. Mm. I'm like, oh, was Armageddon like that? Actually, no. A whole bunch of Armageddon's music was actually in the movie. So was I Don't Want to Miss a Thing in the movie? It was in there somewhere. I okay. think it might have been the end credits song. And what about Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls for City of Angels? Yes. That was a big one. There was also <laughs> um, the Yolanis Morissette song, Uninvited. That mm, was yeah. That was on there. But it was also, I think, actually, was that on her album, Jagged Little Pill? No, I think it was no, actually it was original not on to Jack this, Little Pill. It? Yeah, 1998 was a big year for soundtracks. You had those two. You had Godzilla. You had Hope mm. Floats. You had, of course, Titanic. Y'all, that um, Hope Floats soundtrack. Don't Bullworth, sleep on it. The album. You might know the Adele cover of the Maybe Bob Dylan song, To Make You Feel, feel My, my love, love, but check out the Garth Brooks cover on that Hope Floats album. What else was on the Hope Floats album? Um, was that the big, that, was that the big well, that was the Well, that was the big, that was the big one for me. Oh. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of like, was there like a big obvious hit? Ugh. Tweet us. Tell us what, yeah. tell, tell us what the hit was. <laughs> well, I figured it out by then, but hey, engage. Um, as for next week's Billboard 200 chart, watch for Logic today, uh, to debut at number one with Bobby Tarantino 2. Say that five times fast. Bobby Tarantino 2. Bobby Tarantino 2. Um, it should launch at number one with over 120,000 equivalent album units earned in the week ending March 15th, according to industry forecasters. Of course, he debuted at number one just like a year ago with everybody. Uh, next up, friend of the podcast, super recent friend of the podcast. Indeed. Zed scores his fourth top 10 hit on the Billboard Hot 100 as The Middle. His collaboration with Marin Morris and Gray climbs 11 to 8. It's the first top 10 for both Morris and Gray, by the way. Fun fact, as The Middle only took six weeks to hit the top 10, it's Zed's fastest climb to the region, surpassing the seven-week ascent of his featured turn on Ariana Grande's Break Free back in 2014. Uh, Break Free remains Zed's highest charting single, however, having peaked at number four. And uh, lastly, DJ Khaled's Top Off featuring Jay-Z, Future, and Beyonce debuts at number 22 on the Hot 100. It's the 13th top 40 hit for Khaled, the 19th for Future, the 48th for Jay-Z, and the 38th for Beyonce. Well, those kids should start making more music. <laughs> they haven't done enough, clearly. Um, it's the magic of uh, the magic of collaborations. Yes. Um, the song is from Khaled's forthcoming album, Father of Assad. Is that, am I saying? You are. I, did I say it right? There, and I got to see Assad on the iHeartRadio Music Awards on Sunday night. He did not, but he, um, he directed the show. The the iHeart show he directed? They, Khaled's like, somebody's coming in from the director's booth, and then they shoot to Assad sitting in a director's chair in the control room. <laughs> One year oh, old, by the way. That that kid is either going to be delightful or incredibly, um, um, I don't know what is the correct term I'm looking for. I think for. you can just leave it at delightful, because that's what he's going to be. I really hope so. He brings joy to my life, I can I mean, tell you that much. Because DJ, the love that DJ Khaled has for his kid is just like so infectious. But he's going to be one incredibly spoiled child. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Um, well, anyway, Father of Assad is going to be the follow-up to Khaled's Grateful, which granted the DJ producer his first number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart. I wonder if uh, Jay and Beyonce will perform this song together live anytime soon, huh. Katie. I wonder if they'll have any opportunities. Uh, turns out, <laughs> Turns out I'm going to be running down some of the biggest headlines over on Billboard.com. And the biggest one for Monday morning was definitely the official announcement of the Beyonce and Jay-Z on the run tour two. 
<laughs> so after a Ticketmaster glitch teased a joint tour between the couple last week, B herself took to Instagram on Monday morning to confirm the news. The On The Run 2 tour follows the summer 2014 On The Run tour, which took the power couple across North America in France. So tickets go on sale March 14th through Beyonce's fan site and title, and then they become widely available March 19th, so Friday, through Live Nation. Uh, On The Run 2 begins in Europe, in uh, Wales, actually, on June 6th, but the American leg kicks off June 25th in Cleveland. So tickets go on sale, uh, pre-sale. Regular sales Friday. Pre-sales through Tidal and her fan site uh, Wednesday. It's very confusing. Isn't isn't St. Patrick's Day this Sunday? Yep, 17th. Right. and then Wednesday's March 14th. Okay. And Friday. Am I... Am I losing it? No, I'm wrong. St. Patrick's Day is Saturday. Oh, okay. So okay. I was I was totally, I was like... Are we good? I, yeah, we're good. Katie <laughs> okay. had it right the first time. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, so, moving on to our next headline. Uh, American Idol is back. Did you know it was gone? Because now it's back. I don't even think anyone realized it was off the air. So it took a one-year hiatus, and it returned Sunday night with a new trio of judges and a new network. The ABC reboot features Katy Perry, Lionel Richie, and Luke Bryan behind the judges' table. But aside from the new faces, the format stayed largely the same, with tear-jerking auditions and backstories, and a couple of questionable characters prayed out just for laughs, Aww. including the winner of X Factor Russia, by the way. So they set it up like, oh, he won X Factor Russia, like, come out and impress us. And he, wasn't... he did not come out and impress us. Well, maybe, maybe he would have been more impressive in his native language. That's fair. Yeah, 100% true. Uh, and he's known for his very high voice, very like Mika or, you know, Freddie Mercury kind of oh. thing. Like that's that's his deal. But it was like, it was a wild audition. Hmm. Wild. Uh, so this, the show, which uh, continues Monday night, it had uh, a solid first night on Sunday in the ratings, delivering ABC an average 2.3 rating among adults 1849. And... 18249 and 10.3 million viewers over two hours. Well, 10.3 is actually a pretty good number. I'm sure ABC is very pleased. I mean, you can sit here and can compare it to like Idol at its peak. You can't. But you can't. Well, like, what did the Oscars bring in? Like, when they. Oh, the, you know, I don't know. Because the Oscars what... was down like 20% from a year yeah, ago. Yeah, but I don't know what their ratings were. But they did um, offer up in this ratings article a direct comparison to the first episode of the singing competition's final season, well, which was just in 2016. So it's not that, you know, crazy of a comparison. Mm-hmm. They pulled an average 3.0 rating in the key demographic and then just shy of 11 million viewers. So it's pretty comparable. Hmm. Well, considering all the ballyhoo about bringing it back, you know, on on, for the, on ABC after you know it's back and holding you know Katie and Lionel and Luke, it's like, yeah. and that's all you could do. I'm yeah. Like, it's but it's hard but, to compare anything because TV ratings are eroding so rapidly. Well, and it's like if you put in a new sitcom on a Sunday night instead, you're not drawing nearly 11 million viewers. You know, like no. so it's like yeah, it might not be doing what Idol did at its peak, but it's definitely doing solid. You know, ratings for ABC. Will any of these people be around for next week on the show? We shall see hmm. so uh finally we have a new video from taylor swift she released the latest video from her reputation album her fourth from the project this time for the song delicate oh yeah there has been four hasn't mm-hmm. there god i mean i didn't just like make that up well, like, i was just i was trying to figure out like what for and i was like well oh, that's it started right. with uh um look what you made me do and then ready for it like the, and the, then the computer robot future thing. and ed sheeran uh end game yeah and now we have delicate yeah. Uh, the video starts out on a red carpet, uh, you know, Taylor in her red carpet scene, 
sort of looking forlorn and lost and sad. She's walking past a bunch of reporters. I think I spotted me and Katie there on the carpet ah, holding I wish. out microphones, I screaming, wish. Taylor, Taylor, I just, wish. just a smile for us. Even if it was in the sad beginning part of her video, if I was in a Taylor Swift video, I would die. Um, but then she, uh, it turns into an all-out one-woman dance show for Taylor as she sashays her way through New York City doing a modern interpretive dance. Right. Um, so Keith and I have both watched this video. We have yet to have any discourse on it. So let's start with Keith. What did you think about the delicate video? I thought it was um a um a, compared to the three other videos, it was nice to have just sort of a simple mm. just a simple little video. It's my favorite of the four. You know, from it's reputation. It's very it's just it's um I don't know. Enjoyable? It, it's just nice. Yeah. There's I mean there's nothing like there's no big explosions, you know. It's just a nice little video where, you know, Taylor has some sort of magical note that she receives from someone. It's kind of hard to tell what happens. You don't know who it's from, but it looks like somehow there's some magic contained in the note where it makes her invisible to people. And so she's able to kind of get away from her security detail and just dance and feel free. Dance like nobody's watching. and Which is what she does throughout the video. Because nobody's watching. Because literally no one's watching. Uh, yeah, I think that the dance itself was, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it includes like this epic splits on a top of a car and she actually did that. Like this is all her. Yeah. So like she's, she killed it. I thought I, I was concerned. I was afraid that, and this is, this is the things I worry about when I watch yes. stuff when she was, cause she takes off her shoes when she realizes that people can't see her. She takes off her shoes and she, she spends most of the video dancing with her shoes Including off. Including in the New York subway. Well, no she's, shoes. Well, wherever, wherever these, <laughs> I don't know if this is New York, but uh, it, it's some city or it could be a set. I believe it's supposed to be New York. There's actually a reference to like a bar on the East side in the song. And oh. then she ends up in a bar probably on okay. the East side. Well, I was concerned. She's like running through the streets and it's rainy. I'm like, all right, so who had the job of having to like clean and like, power power brush clean the streets so she could dance around or was she wearing like some sort of protective gel or was it heel? actually the streets i don't i mean who knows who knows it could have just been a rainy green screen set. yeah yeah well i was concerned i was like oh taylor i hope you're not stepping <laughs> in the glass this is, this is where keith goes um but yeah no i thought it was definitely like super entertaining and a total like left turn because everything's been very futuristic looking and like you know, really whatever. Over the top, yeah. And this just seemed like real stripped down, and the dance was awesome. So I'm, I'm here for it. It's just Taylor being Taylor. Taylor it's like, being it's, Taylor. It's you know, to a degree, like oh, it's kind of like the old Taylor. I know. It even looked like a reference to like her on a red carpet like five years ago at the Grammys when she had bangs and a ponytail. I like it looked like a specific Taylor era that hmm. was like years ago, but. You know, you never know what's going on in Taylor's mind unless she tells us. It's Taylor World, and I thought it was cute where in the beginning of the video she's actually doing an interview with someone on a red carpet. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, oh, that's cute. You haven't talked to anyone in so long. On a red carpet. On a red carpet. Yeah. You don't have to do red carpets Girl, anymore, Taylor. You don't talk to anybody <laughs> anymore. Uh, so, well, we talk to people still, and one of those people is Anne Marie, yeah. who we just had in the office last week. Uh, the singer-songwriter is making a name for herself with the Marshmallow collaboration Friends, which climbs 27 to 24 on the Pop Songs chart this week. We talked about the success of the Friend Zone anthem, what it's like to introduce herself to American audiences after a string of increasingly successful collaborations, including Rockabye with Clean Bandit and Sean Paul, and all about her upcoming debut album, Speak Your Mind, which includes a song co-written with her friend and sometime tour mate, Ed Sheeran, Ooh. all about a childhood sweetheart. So here's our interview with Anne Marie. Yeah. 
hello to Anne Marie and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop yes, Podcast. Thank you. Yay. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming in today. So, right. um, congratulations on Friends just blowing up every thanks. which way. Yeah. Um, you know, your song with Marshmallow is climbing the charts here in America. It's mm-hmm. already a top five hit in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you initially connect with Marshmallow for this song? Um, well, he remixed my song Alarm about two years ago, and I'd I loved it. I loved what he'd done, and I but I'd never met him. Never really knew much about him. I just kept hearing his music around. And he was in London in December last year. And I basically just went to say hello and thanks for remixing my song two years ago. And he he had his laptop out and he was playing a few bits that he'd worked on earlier in the day. And I just was like, "I I need to write a song right now. So we literally wrote it in three hours, recorded it all. And it was done. No way. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. It came really quickly. Had that been, song been like rattling around in your brain no. before that? It just came like no. when you heard his beats. Yeah, it just came. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, well, obviously, since you talked, you just talked about how you spent time with him in the studio. Mm. You know, um, what's it like being with Marshmallow in the Because we see him as this mysterious figure. He's with, an enigma. He's an enigma. We don't, mm-hmm. no one knows who he is. Um, yeah. And you don't, you, we have to project what a personality is like on him because right. we don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what was it like working with him and does the mask come off when you work with him? <laughs> um, well, he's really honestly incredible. Like we, for example, the whole song was written to the guitar that you hear at the start. That was just what was happening the whole way through. So it was like oh. Spanish, mm. quite like pulled back vibes. And he went away and worked on it for three days and that, and how you hear it now is how it came back to me. And I was like, what just happened? Like, how did that come from that guitar? I was just so amazed by it. And yeah, I think he's, he's really humble. He's a really lovely person. He's really kind. Um, he's, I just, I love that he caters to what I wanted in that song. He didn't just make it a marshmallow song. Mm-hmm. It was, it was both of us. So yeah, he's, he's really cool. Well, you didn't say if the mask comes off. No. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. It would be difficult to work with someone if you can't really hear them. So we're going to assume that maybe. <laughs> I mean, do producers normally talk much? Well, you know, sometimes the you music hear... music speaks for Sometimes them. you hear stories about how collaborations like this are done virtually. Like, yeah. you, know, you know, it's like, oh, I sent them a track and mm-hmm. I sent them vocals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even in the video, you may not even be together. But, like, mm-hmm. this seems like a really kind of, like, true collaboration. Yeah. You know? I mean, I try and do that as much as possible because I just I need realness I need to feel (laughs) real so um yeah I whenever it's possible to actually spend time with someone and like actually create in the presence of each other then I'm just gonna do that yeah yeah and aside from it being like super fun and danceable do you think that the the kind of friend zone theme is really connecting with people as well yeah I hope so I feel like I haven't heard that subject in yeah, the song same so i mean i try and do that i try and write about different stuff that you may not have heard before or just different angles on a on a particular situation so yeah i i think that's connecting with people i feel i've had a few tweets of someone like oh my god i, I feel it i've been in the friend zone and then someone saying i've this has really helped me i've just sent this to someone i needed to send it to so so that works both ways <laughs> I was trying wow. to think if there are other songs with the subject, and the closest I could think of was like Bismarcky, just a friend. But yeah. that's the perspective of the guy who's in the friend zone, yeah, as yeah. opposed to the girl telling a guy. <laughs> yeah. So it's totally the new perspective of yeah, it. Yeah. Wow. And 
Um, I was also um, wanting to ask because the fir- on the first listen, I was like, wait, did she leave the E out when she was spelling friends? <laughs> Does everybody think that initially? Or like, I yeah. mean, and then you obviously spell it out even clearer yeah. later in the song Just too. Just to make sure that everyone gets it. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually had to like try to get the E out when I was doing that fast bit because when I first recorded it, it was, it was literally like, it was like F-R-I-N-D-S. Right, right. So I was like, okay, I need to... That's why in some of the bits I go F-R-I-N. Cause yeah, to get e- the note yeah, even. So it makes it a bit clearer. <laughs> but yeah, it's funny. Like some people say, oh my God, thanks. It really helps me spell friends because it's difficult. But then some people sure. are like... Friends, what's friends? <laughs> so you know, people have thoughts. lots of opinions. Of yeah. course, Twitter especially. Twitter, yeah. Twitter, Twitter opinions. Gotta yeah. love them. Um, and the video is such a perfect fit for the song too. Um, yeah. Marshmallows, the the unwanted guest at your slumber party. Mm-hmm. Um, where did that idea come from? Um, well, um, the producer of the video, she she kind of thought of the idea, but we we knew that we wanted it to be a lot of fun. Mm. We felt like we had a lot of fun making the song, and it's a funny subject to talk about. So we knew that we wanted it to like be quite um, relatable to what the actual, the actual subject was, instead of something that mysterious, like a mysterious video of right. me in the woods or something. <laughs> so I yeah, it was just very. It was a lot of fun, honestly. It's perfect. Yeah, I really love that film. I felt bad for Marshmallow to a certain degree. <laughs> I actually did as well. <laughs> I was like, he's like, he's just trying to be a friend, and he has uh, such a smiley, happy face. But he's face creeping on. in the closet, and he's like it's hiding true. behind every corner. I don't know. I just felt like the girls were ganging up on him a little bit. <laughs> different opinions. Di- different opinions. I mean, I, I. But Katie has says like, oh no, this song is like true to life for so many women. I'm like, really? And she's like, yes, dummy. Yes. I well, I mean, people talk about can men and women be friends and i think one of the main things is like a guy who thinks that you're if you're being nice to them takes it a totally different way i had a situation the other day where i was in a restaurant and this was in london and the kitchen was like right next to me and the chef was there making the food and i looked at him i was like hey and then from that moment he just thought i wanted his number so he was like staring at me and i was like what? And so I had to like make it obvious that I didn't want to look at him after that. So it does happen. Yeah. It does happen. Yeah. That's lame. Ladies. Well, <laughs> ladies. It's a lady thing. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry. Um, well, Friends will be on your debut album, Speak yeah. Your Mind, which yeah, is yeah. out in April. Um, obviously, you're super excited to get a, a full body of work out yeah. um, to your fans after a lot of high-profile single releases. Can you just mm-hmm. talk about you know what it's like sort of bringing this baby into the world now? <laughs> um, yeah, it's I I've always wanted to release an album. I know it might not be the focus of like some people's journeys right now as artists, but I I grew up listening to you know albums on repeat, and they're very important to me to hear everything that they're trying to say instead of just what is played on the radio so Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to have this album out so I'm pretty nervous right now because you know people have I guess when since I've started it's been like five years Mm -hmm. so I've been writing this album for five years and that expectation scares the shit out of me (laughs) sorry Um, you're fine it's okay it's the internet you can can do whatever you want um yeah so yeah, I'm nervous. I'm obviously very excited about it, but yeah, people's opinions scare me. <laughs> but that—that that is, I, I just want to say that is refreshing because you know, as you said, so many people are focused on singles now, mm-hmm. and you know, we've seen lots of artists just drop single after single, and you know, they're not necessarily focused on an album, and that's fine for some artists. But I think yep. some artists like you really want to present 
um, a body of work. And you said you grew up listening to certain albums. What were some of the albums that mm-hmm. you listened to when you were younger? That you're like, oh, I wish I could. Oh, this is perfect. What are um, those albums? Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. Oh, oh yeah. Um, Christina Aguilera, Stripped. Mm-hmm. Alicia Keys, Lauren Hill. Just like strong females, really. Yeah, really. Yeah, I, I, I tend to get really influenced by their what their what they said. So like a lot of my stuff. For instance, a lot of my singles are about bad ex-boyfriends, which I like to I like writing about that. <laughs> there's a theme there. <laughs> yeah. But my album is about different stuff. Like there's there's a song called Machine, which is about like really like getting affected by stuff that's happening in the world and wishing I didn't have a beating heart, like because I get so affected. And then there's a song called Perfect, which is about all my insecurities and just like stuff that I really needed to say and Hopefully that will let everyone into who I am. I want people to know who I am, basically. Yeah. I want yeah. them to get get the full experience. And I feel like you're kind of having that introduction right now, especially in America, mm-hmm. where people um, you know, might have heard your voice before on Rockabye or yeah. anything else, but now we're getting to know like you and see you yeah. out front with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that like? Kind of, I, I think of other artists like um Kesha or maybe like BB Rexha more recently where like they started out as just like the voice on a on somebody else's song and mm-hmm. now they're like proper artists is that how you kind of feel it's like happening right now for yeah, you Yeah yeah I I do I feel like I I loved Rockabye so much I really did but I I understand probably not many people know who the singer was on right. that so yeah. it is so nice to like finally be being recognized for me yeah. cuz I've I've worked hard you know I want to have that so yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, and now you're on Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> yeah, 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 cash, casual. <laughs> Everything, you know, totally normal. Everything's yeah. great. Um, a few of the songs on the album are already out, including um, Alarm and Then. Mm-hmm. But is there one song that you're particularly excited for your fans to hear? Yeah, I've got a song called Cry. Yeah, this just takes me back to like, it makes me feel like I'm Alanis Morissette when I, when I, when I recorded it. Mm. And it was weird. I wrote it on the same day as Ciao Adios. But it's really different. So wow. it just go. I I'm, it's so weird when people like say, "What's your genre? Like, what is mm. what is your lane?" And I'm just like, I have no idea because I write different genres every day. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's what I'm trying to show in this album as well is that every song doesn't sound the same, and I'm not scared about that. You know. Um. Yeah. Cries just like a really shouty song that just I feel so good when I sing it. So. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully mm. people will feel good too. And you actually mentioned the song uh, "Perfect," yeah, which uh, people have not heard yet, but we had that yeah, opportunity to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. It definitely stuck out to me. Um, I think the message of you know being perfectly imperfect is really going to resonate mm-hmm. with fans too. I hope so. Um, and the beat is really cool because it's like it's almost got like a jazzy sort of like vibe, but then also like a like an eight oh eight. You know, like mm-hmm. it's like a really cool combo. So, what kind of what made you want to send that message and then that message over that beat? I always wanted to write a song like that, but I didn't know how without sounding like really preachy and mm-hmm. cringe. Yeah. I can't obs- and you don't yeah. that at all. <laughs> but I'm so I'm so glad. I, I'm just I just remember hearing beautiful work by Christina mm. like Soar and Cruise and stuff like that on her album, and just thinking, oh my god, I feel so much better mm. after listening to that. I got home from school and I just blasted it in my room and just felt so good. Mm. And I just wanted to be that artist. I wanted to be that person that girls and boys can listen to and just feel better. So I always want to write a song. I, I, I tend to lean towards the bad ex-boyfriend angle because I, I've experienced a lot of that and I know people understand that angle. So this particular day, I didn't have anything like that to talk about. And I went to the studio listening to just TED Talks and just mm. like influential women just speaking about like body confidence. And I was like, 
yes I need to do this and I got to the studio and I wrote that song with the same woman as I wrote um, Cry and Ciao Adios with a lady called Jen Sylvia and she I was like I need to write this song but I don't know how and she was like just tell me everything that you're insecure about mm. now just tell me everything yeah. so I just Ooh. did and she wrote it down on a piece of paper <laughs> and we wrote a song about it it's your own musical TED Talk. Yeah. That's kind of incredible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you said that, it made me think of, you know, when I would listen to Jagged Little Pill and mm. you would, I mean, I would end up screaming, you know, you ought to know, you know, yeah. and it makes you just feel and like, you know, Christina, even like, even singing dirty for Pete's sakes, like yeah. you really feel like, oh, yeah. like you feel like you're like taking charge and I'm taking <laughs> yes. names. And you're yeah. in her lace up boots for and a moment. And especially, <laughs> and especially, you know, today, you know, I think, you know, uh, women with strong voices are incredibly needed. And I think that's mm. awesome that you're doing that, you know? Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, sorry, I digress. Um, <laughs> a song that we're really excited to hear about is um, 2002, mm-hmm. which was co-written by your friend Ed Sheeran. Yes. Um, the press release for your album says the song, quote, recalls memories of a childhood sweetheart. Yeah. Um, what's the story behind this one? And uh, is the song title significant? Like, is it like a year in the story, perhaps? Yeah. Um, this is about a particular year in my life and it's just it's very different for me I feel like I when I got in the studio with Ed he's literally incredible I I knew that he was really good at songwriting but when I was in the studio I was like you (laughs) (laughs) you're so good so um it's good you're friends with him yeah Yeah. thank god he don't mind when I punch him on the arm but um, how can you possibly be this good I know it's he's inspiring honestly but um yeah this just I I feel like this is like very reminiscent song and I love those songs like when you when I hear those songs I feel like I remember memories that I wouldn't have remembered without that music Mm -hmm. so in this song there's a lot of stuff that might make you remember times in your life Hmm. oh i can't wait to hear this one that's a good tease um (laughs) speaking of ed you're opening up for him on some european dates this summer um stadium shows i think right what yeah (laughs) what what (laughs) no pressure you'll be fine yeah um any plans to tour in the states after you wrap up with him yeah yeah we want to see (laughs) you out here Yeah. yeah um yeah. To, to be TBD. Yeah, it is. I, <laughs> Stay I, tuned. I just know that I really love touring with him and he has given me the opportunity. Like, he's, he's so supportive of me and I'm, I'm really grateful for that. He, I, I remember being on tour with him last year and I was so nervous because as a support act, he's kind of like, people haven't, haven't come to see you. Yeah. So I was like, they're going to hate me, I'm a girl. Ah. <laughs> um, and... They were so nice to me mm. and so welcoming. I toured when it was my birthday and they sang me happy birthday. I was like, whoa. Aww. Yeah, so this year I'm really excited about it and it's even bigger stadiums now, um, which makes my heart palpitate. Mm. And hopefully, yeah, the US. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know what's funny about Ed though too? He's got a very supportive audience. I've, I mm. saw him when Rudimental opened for him and I hadn't heard of them at that point. Mm-hmm. People like lost their minds over them. So he's like great about picking artists that he knows his audience is going to vibe with. You yeah. Know? And I love the fact that he chooses different to him. Mm-hmm. Like he hasn't chose someone who just plays guitar. Mm-hmm. He hasn't cho- play- chose someone who's just acoustic vibes. Like Rudimental what loud, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So energetic. So he's, he's really good at that. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll we'll stay tuned on the tour front. (laughs) 
Um, so finally, as a songwriter, is it kind of crazy to have locked in all these these songs for your album that's coming out, mm. and then now like you don't have a specific art or, like project that you're writing for? Like I'm sure you <laughs> still think of ideas and and are already always like kind of songwriting in your mind. Yeah, I I actually I write every day. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Um, but. I feel like I've nearly got, like, all of the second album already. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll be moving on to the third. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously writing for so long, it was so hard to choose, like, those songs. Mm. But um, it's actually... It's, it was about getting other people's opinions, which I'm scared about always getting. <laughs> but I, I, want, I get my mum and dad's opinion. I get my friends who aren't really into music that much as opinion. I get the label's opinion. I get loads of different angles to try and whittle down the songs of what because I love all of them I have that connection with all of them and I'm proud of all of them and I want to put all of them on there (laughs) Um, but yeah it's I think when you actually get to that point you you that's when you ask other people and I asked Ted and he he helps (laughs) he seems to have that ear (laughs) good sounding board yeah Well, awesome. Thank you so much for coming in. We That's really appreciate right. it. Thank Great you. to meet you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, and good luck with the album. Thank you. And there goes the alarm ringing in my head. Like somebody said, don't you trust him? No. Thank you so much to Anne-Marie for stopping by the office last week and chatting with us. She is the absolute best. It was such a fun talk. And now it is time for the chart stat of the week 20 years ago this week will smith got his first number one on the billboard hot 100 with getting jiggy with it the song climbed to the top of the list dated march 14th 1998 smith got his first taste of chart success over a decade earlier believe it or not when as one half of dj jazzy jeff and the fresh prince Smith was, of course, the Fresh Prince. Uh, Their single, Girls Ain't Nothing But Trouble, debuted on the Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs chart. Uh, And that was in 1986, which I didn't actually tell you what the year was. (laughs) Over the next few years, the duo would score humorous hits like Parents Just Don't Understand, A Nightmare on My Street, and I Think I Can Beat Mike Tyson. I Think I Can Beat Mike Tyson. (laughs) That's how it went. That was the beat. I really liked it. Jesus and the Fresh Prince. Anyway, of course. Of course. Who didn't? They were all over MTV. Anyway, meanwhile, Smith himself would star in his TV sitcom, The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, which ran from 1990 to 1996. By 1998, Smith had gone solo as a music artist and became a Hollywood leading man in such movies as Bad Boys, Independence Day, and of course, Men in Black. Um, in the 15, nope, 20 years since getting jiggy with it, Smith has continued to prosper. He earned five more top 40 hits, including another number one with Wild Wild West. And though he hasn't released an album since 2005, two of his children, Jaden and Willow, have released their own music and dented the charts. So there you have it. 20 years ago this week, Will Smith got jiggy with it at number one on the Hot 100. Uh, I, I, I had a hard time at doing math there. Uh, 20 For, years. 20 years. 1988. It's it been a be while 20. since getting jiggy with it. Na, 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 na. That's a great song. Okay, so um, we have reached the end of our big shoe. Uh, any parting words? Oh, man. You know, just nope. Just, <laughs> just 
<laughs> nope. I got nothing. Um, what song should we go out on? That is a good question. Maybe a, maybe a different uh, Fresh Prince jam. Uh, summertime? Oh, yeah. No questions. I'm not going to argue with that. All right. See you guys next time. Bye. <laughs>